Hello and welcome to The Legal Cut, where we dissect your favorite scenes from TV, film, and literature to see how they hold up under the law. I'm Daniel Weber. I'm John Santiago. What topic are we discussing today, John? Well, Dan, today we are asking a question posed by one of our loyal listeners. So shout out to Jessica. And her question is, can the government enact laws that ban superheroes from using their abilities? So for this episode, we'll be looking at the superhero relocation program from the movie The Incredibles. Great, John. The storyline of the government banning superheroes has actually appeared elsewhere in movies and uh, literature. Some other stories that share this plot device are the X-Men comics and movies, as well as the Watchmen comic and movie. What do you think we should call this episode, John? I'm thinking let's call it... The right to be incredible. I like it. I think it's only appropriate to ask the age-old icebreaker question. If you had any superpower, John, what superpower would you choose? I would probably choose to be telekinetic. I really like the ability to move things with my mind. You could just move cars out of traffic on the 405 and I would just get to work in five minutes. I would definitely do something with my brain. What about you? I think I'd go for more of an emotional superpower, specifically the one that can throw lightning. Oh, wow, yeah. I too have a fantasy about the 405, John, except it involves a little more chaos than simply moving cars out of the way. That is very fair, and I don't think anyone would blame you for wanting to do that. Let's get into the facts, John. In the 2004 film The Incredibles, Mr. Incredible prevents a man from committing suicide by catching him in mid-air when the man jumps off the ledge of a tall building. Right after this, Mr. Incredible encounters a villain, Bomb Voyage, and a young boy who will later become the film's main antagonist, Syndrome. Uh, spoiler alert. John, this movie came out in 2004. If people haven't seen it by now, that's on them. <laughs> fair enough, Dan, fair enough. All right, so one of Bomb Voyage's bombs destroys a section of an elevated train track. With the train approaching, Mr. Incredible uses his super strength to stop the train before it runs off the track. So the day is saved. Everyone must be incredibly grateful to Mr. Incredible for saving them, right? Not quite so, John. The man who Mr. Incredible saved from suicide sues Mr. Incredible because he did not want to be saved and now is living with pain from his injuries caused by Mr. Incredible's rescue. The people who were in the train also sue Mr. Incredible because of injuries they received during the incident. Lawyers always coming to ruin the fun, right, Dan? God bless America, John. Mr. Incredible ends up losing in court, costing the government millions to defend him. This opens up a floodgate of lawsuits against superheroes. Public opinion turns against the superheroes, and the government spends millions of dollars defending these lawsuits as well. Because of this, the government enacts the Superhero Relocation Program which grants superheroes immunity from past actions as long as the superheroes agree to only use their secret identities and to never again use their powers. Now, Dan, are you surprised that these people started suing the superheroes for the injuries they received while being saved? John, I'm not surprised that somebody would sue. I'm more surprised that there were any damages that they could claim. They were all heading towards greater harm, and they were all rescued from that. So I think the courts really failed the Incredibles in this case. Okay, well, we'll see how this plays out under the law. Now, the main question is whether this law is constitutional. 
And to answer this, we will be examining the Equal Protection Clauses of the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. Now, equal protection refers to the idea that the government must treat an individual in the same manner as other people in similar circumstances. So the government cannot discriminate based on irrelevant criteria that is not related to legitimate government objectives. So John, you're saying the government can actually discriminate? Yes, but it depends what they're discriminating on and for what purpose. For example, if the government is discriminating based on race, national origin, or religion, the so-called suspect classes, a law is only constitutional if the government shows that it is necessary to achieve a compelling government purpose. And that's known as the strict scrutiny standard, correct? Exactly. Now, if the discrimination is based on something such as gender, the government must show that the law furthers an important government interest by means that are substantially related to that interest. And this one is known as intermediate scrutiny. Correct. And finally, for any rights that aren't included in the first two categories, a discriminating law is constitutional if it is rationally related to a legitimate government interest, and this is known as the rational basis test. Okay, John, so where would the right to be incredible fall? So obviously superheroes haven't been classified yet, but if they ever do exist in the future, constitutional law in America is going to change massively. However, my gut reaction is that being a superhero would be a suspect classification. Okay, John. The Supreme Court hasn't laid out a complete definition for what a suspect classification is, but they have given some guidelines. One is that the group has been historically discriminated against. The second is that they possess an unchangeable or highly visible trait. The third is that the group's distinguishing characteristic does not prevent it from contributing meaningfully to society. John, do you think being a superhero satisfies being a suspect classification? Well, I think as far as that first element, the group has been historically discriminated against, not so much. I don't really think here in this movie we have facts that point to that. But as far as the group possessing a unchangeable or highly visible trait and that their traits does not prevent them from contributing meaningfully to society, I think that being a superhero would fall under suspect classification. What do you think? Yeah, John, I think they might have to go through some track record under this standard to show that there has been some historic discrimination, perhaps by the laws that are enacted in these many films and comics. But I would also agree that they would possess unchangeable and highly visible traits and that their distinguishing characteristics don't prevent them from contributing meaningfully to society. Now, because we can't be 100% sure whether being a superhero would fall into being a suspect classification, for the purpose of this episode, can we stipulate that the superhero relocation program would fall under strict scrutiny? So stipulated, John. Now that we've decided that the laws discriminating against superheroes would need to be examined under strict scrutiny, what facts point to the, what facts point to the superhero relocation program to be necessary to achieve a compelling government interest? Well, I think the first one we have to look at is the aspect of money. And in the film, Mr. Incredible gets sued for millions of dollars. Apparently, his lawyer was very terrible. Once again, probably did not graduate from UCI law. Definitely not, John. And there are other lawsuits against superheroes that also cost the government millions of dollars. So I think money, 
uh, would be the first concern. Do you agree that that might be a concern for the government? Yes, John, money, it's a compelling concern for everybody and definitely the government. And I think the second compelling reason would involve safety. Here, these individuals who were saved by Mr. Incredible say that they were harmed. Um, And in the film, it does show them with these comical neck braces. So they did suffer some injury. And you also have to think, if Mr. Incredible can make some bad judgment calls, don't other superheroes have that ability to make bad judgment calls and harm people as well? Right, John. I think this maybe seems similar in some aspects, probably not all, but to the possession and use of firearms. How so, Dan? Well, a firearm is used by our law enforcement officers, and it's also used in some cases by criminals. It's used by people inside their own homes. Some people use them to hunt. Some people use them just to collect. This is something that is serving a good purpose in some cases, but also can be abused and used to serve a bad purpose in others. So it wouldn't be surprising to see a concern or a compelling interest that might be served by some form of regulation. That's very true, Dan. Now, what other facts point to the opposite direction, that this law is unconstitutional? Well, John, it's highly restrictive. To force somebody to live under a assumed identity, I'm looking at other types of constitutional violations, such as First Amendment restrictions. You can't tell somebody who you are. Right. And you're also restricting somebody's ability to be who they can be. The son in the movies, Dash, he runs fast, he dominates track competitions. He'd be instructed to not use his speedy abilities. That saddens me a little bit, John. That is true, and I'm also thinking about whether this law is the most necessary means by which to control these problems. Basically, what the government is saying is, if we can't trust one superhero to make responsible decisions, we can't trust any superheroes. And I feel like there are other solutions that might be a little less restrictive than this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's another way of defining the strict scrutiny standard. If something is necessary, it has to be the least restrictive means of accomplishing its purpose. Otherwise, it wouldn't be necessary. That is very true. Let's imagine we are arguing to the modern-day Supreme Court. And uh, would you do the honor to represent Mr. Incredible and other superheroes in their lawsuit against the government and explain why this law is unconstitutional? John, it would be my honor. The Superhero Relocation Program is not necessary to serve a compelling government interest. This restriction is far too broad to meet our strict scrutiny standard. Yes, there are many compelling interests called on here but none necessitate hiding the true identity of heroes and forbidding the use of their gifts. This restriction is not necessary for public safety. Hiding true identities and forbidding people from being all that one can be goes too far. We call on those among us with extraordinary gifts to be heroes on a daily basis. Our law enforcement officers, our firefighters, and our medical responders are needed to keep us safe. Why can't superheroes use their powers for good? Don't you want our most incredible to use their abilities to keep us safe? It is not necessary to ban powers that can do so much good. It is not necessary to hide heroes. This act is also not necessary to limit government expenses. A villain destroyed the tracks that would have certainly caused death and great harm to citizens. 
Mr. Incredible's heroic actions averted their deaths, but not all of their injuries. A man's life was saved from a great fall, though he too lives with injuries. This cost the government a sizable amount of money to defend, yes, but aren't we losing sight of what the costs would have been? Death and chaos costs more than diverted disaster, no matter the legal expenses incurred. The act is not necessary to save our government money. For reasons already stated, it could instead save the government money in addition to saving lives. I'd like to leave you with one final thought. If you outlaw superpowers, only outlaws will have superpowers. Now, John, would you like to respond as the government and argue that this law is constitutional? Most definitely, Dan. I do not condemn superheroes or their activities, but use of their powers poses a great threat to the non-superhero population. The superhero relocation program is necessary for the safety of our citizens and is fueled by compelling reasons. Superpowers can be dangerous, deadly, and threaten the security of the country. We need some way to hold these people accountable for their actions and eliminate the threats they pose to our peaceful way of life. The only way we can ensure that no super uses their power irresponsibly is if no super can use their power at all. We cannot grant special privileges to certain superheroes. It must be all or nothing. So we must choose nothing. We cannot ban lawsuits against supers. This would make them immune to civil liability and would encourage even more irresponsible behavior. We cannot give this group of people immunity before the law because they are not acting as agents of the law. The reasons to enact the program are compelling. There is no other way to prevent the monetary costs and potential harm that superheroes cause by using their actions. Mr. Incredible's lawsuit alone cost taxpayers millions of dollars, and the never-ending flood of superhero lawsuits will result in hundreds of millions of dollars in sanctions. The government cannot afford to spend this much money defending a small group of people against civil suits. These lawsuits would be preventable if superheroes acted responsibly. And we must protect the safety and well-being of our citizens. An irresponsible use of a superpower can result in egregious harm to the public. Even if a super thinks they are acting in the best interest of a person, they could be wrong. They could be doing more harm than good and not even realizing it. We cannot allow them to make that judgment call when the results can be so dangerous. We must limit their ability to interfere with the rights of non-super citizens. Find the superhero relocation program to be constitutional because our country depends on it. John, ultimately, do you think the Supreme Court would find this law constitutional? I think the modern Supreme Court ideologically would be tempted to allow the government to enact this law, but strict scrutiny is an extremely difficult standard for the government to prove, and I think it would be a 5-4 decision for Mr. Incredible, uh, with probably Justices Gorsuch or Roberts probably being the surprising swing vote. Interesting, John. Hard to tell whether it would be the conservatives or the liberal side of the bench that would decide that something analogous to a firearm, but also a civil liberty, would be constitutional. And I think it's because you made that firearm analogy that might persuade some conservatives who defend the Second Amendment to see this as analogous. 
or persuade some liberals on the bench who advocate for individual liberty to be also for it. That's very true. So who's to say? Maybe in the future, superheroes will be a real thing, and we'll have to figure this all out. Yeah, maybe it's something our listeners can let us know what they think. I think once again, we've covered all the bases, Dan. All right, well, that's going to do it for today. Remember, we have an email account where you can submit questions, comments, and ideas for new episodes. The email is legalcut at gmail.com. What's that email address again, Dan? Why, John, it's legalcut at gmail.com. Tune in next time for more legal analysis of your favorite scenes from pop culture. I'm Dan. I'm John. And this has been The Legal Cut. And this one is known as intermediate scrutinary. <laughs> and, and that's intermediate scrutiny, John. Can you say that again? And that's intermediate scrutinary, John. <laughs> you keep messing God! up scrutiny. <laughs> it's scrutinary. And that's intermediate... <laughs>